Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Okay, Matthew uh, chapter 6, picking up in verse 25. Hopefully we can try to uh, finish the rest of the chapter today. Um, and it you know starts out in verse 26. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, Neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? This picks up on the thought that we just were talking about um, in uh, verse 24 about serving two masters and, 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 and prior to that, being focused on the things of God. But it, it kind of goes from the, you know, what our view to God's view because he's telling us think about what God is doing on your behalf think about the blessings that you're enjoying and he uses of course uh, a little analogy here behold in verse 26 the fowls of the air for they sow not neither do they reap nor gather into barns yet your heavenly father feedeth them are you not better than they um you know, here, here he's got a creature that he he cares about. Now he didn't die for them. He didn't come to Earth to show how much he cares and to live on Earth and prove to us um, who he is. And you know, of course, to provide a, a way of salvation and and pay for our sins. But they are his creation, and he says, "Look." You know, the, these are things that I don't, I don't have near the, the concern for them that I have for you. They're just things I created. You are my, the, the, the crowning glory of my creation. You're the one, mankind, you're the ones that I created in my image. But look what I do for them. You know, they, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns, and yet I take care of them. You know, they, they, they have food. I, I provide for them. And I've promised to do the same for you, for, for, for you and I. God, you know, God says to us that, you know, we get tied up in these things on this earth. So, you know, what, I think what he's driving at here is we, get, we begin to fret and worry and, 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 and create a lot of stress over the situations we're in and upon the needs of this life because we can't always see where they're coming from. You know, you can't live a life of worry and faith at the same time. There, It's been said that worry is pulling tomorrow's clouds over today's sunshine. Um, 
it, it's carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. But it, it never serves a good purpose, and it doesn't bring a good result. Um, in, in verse 27, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? When we stress out about the things of the world, and he says, why, why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. He uses another example here. They toil not, neither do they, do they spin. They don't, they don't make their own clothes. He says, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Um, of course, dress in those days was, of course, a big deal. It was a sign of stature. And you remember, you know, he talked about Lydia being a seller of purple. You know, purple was a, a royal color. And, you know, when if you were able, it was very expensive. And if you were able to afford those things, it showed that you were a wealthy person or you had some position of authority or you had some kind of power or, or that sort of thing. But... Um, you know, God says, look, those are not the things that you need to be concerned about. If you look over in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 6, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your moderation or your gentleness or your demeanor be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Nothing, folks. Notice he says, be careful for nothing or don't worry about anything. Um, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Just be grateful for what you have. Paul said, I have learned to be content um, in whatever state uh, I am. Or I'm kind of paraphrasing that. I'm saying it from memory. But um, you get the idea that you know we just need to be thankful for, for what God has given us and for where he has put us um, in this life, and in, 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 in there in, in Philippians, in verse 7, I want to include that, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, if, if you want to relieve yourself of this stress, cast your worries upon him. Um, don't worry about the things of this earth there's nothing i've said before there's nothing wrong with going out and working and trying to make provision but understand that god is our boss and he's the one that takes care of of, of our thing of our lives um so uh verse uh, 30 in matthew chapter 6 wherefore if god so clothed the grass of the field uh which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven Shall he not much more clothe you, or you little faith? You know, what? what's a prettier picture than looking out across a nice field of green grass, soft green grass, and flowers, and clover, and maybe the sun setting on it. And, 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 you know, there's just a beauty there that is joyful in your heart. But, but we all know when we look at it, the seasons change and the grass turns brown and dies. Um you know, it's it's a temporary thing, and and yet it provides such beauty, and we put such such value in it. And God says, "Look at look at that beauty for something that is so temporary, for something that lasts a very short period of time, and and has very little purpose, quite frankly." He says, "Look at the way I care for that. I'm going to care for you the same way." 
see the whole thought process here is is again it's just taking further steps into meditating upon this passage now he's saying is to think about the things of God think of how you know my perspective when I look at you and he says oh you have little faith and he says put put your faith in me if you really want to get rid of all this worry and stress understand that I know where you're at don't you know, I'm, I'm going to take, I promise to take care of you, and I've never broken a promise. In verse 31, he says, therefore, he says, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall be closed? He says, you know, he says, I, I've got this. You know, we're, you know, I'm, we're, I got, you're in good shape. Um, get the victory, folks. Be rejoicing always. Praying for everything and giving thanks, he, as he says, in all things, God needs to be first in our lives. And, when, you know, when the first thing we need to think about when we find ourselves in a stressful situation and we find ourselves worrying about what lies ahead, the first thing we need to remind ourselves of is that, okay, I'm worrying because I'm not putting God first. Because if I were putting God first, he would give me the peace that passes understanding. He would give me a peace in my heart. I hear people say all the time, when they're trying to make decisions that I don't have a peace about it. Well, that's the peace they're talking about. That, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to wholly lean upon God. And once we've accomplished that, God gives us a peace about what lies ahead. It doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get what we want, but he does give us a peace about whatever is going to happen. And that's a victory that we need to claim in our lives and be thankful to God in advance. Um, Make him first in our lives, and and he he should be first in our gifts, our affections, our obedience. <coughs> Pardon me. And when we do that, then we can find a peace in our heart. He says in verse uh, thirty-two, Matthew chapter six. He says, "For after all these things, do the Gentiles seek?" Um, he's he's of course referring to a nationality or you know a, a, a race, so to speak. You have the Jews and the Gentiles. Um, but it's not so much the, the you know the the race as it is that it's it's a group of people who are godless because up to this time remember the Old Testament days the Jews were his chosen people and the Gentiles were the ones who by and large did not serve God so that's really what he's referring to he um, and so he's he's talking about people who don't know him and he's saying they're the ones who should be struggling not you. You know, you're you're making yourself like them. Why do you want to be like the world? Why do you want to be like people who aren't born again, who don't have Christ in their heart? Why would you revert back to that old lifestyle that, you know, Satan hates you and wants to control your life, and, and that's what he's doing. So, And worry is one of the ways that he does that. It's for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. I mean, first of all, he knows. We don't even have to tell him, but he wants us to tell him, and so we do. Um, so there's no question God is fully aware of what we need. Of course, the difference is he's going to give us what we really need, not necessarily what we want. Of course, I remember many times as a child growing up, and when I say child, you know, even in my teenage years and that sort of thing, when I was still dependent upon my parents and living at home and that sort of thing, there were things I wanted and things that I thought I needed. Um, you know, I thought I needed a nice-looking car in order to 
to impress uh, the young ladies at school. Um, but you know what? I couldn't afford to buy a nice-looking car, and my parents couldn't afford to buy a nice-looking car, but they were kind enough to give me an old 56 Chevy that was, uh, it wasn't really beat up, but it wasn't a hot rod, you know, like some of the guys had. Um, but it ran good. I, it was dependable. And um, it got me where I was going. And, and you know, it, it accomplished the task that lay ahead because I was at the point where I was trying to get jobs after school on weekends and that kind of stuff. So I needed transportation. You know, I got my driver's license, so my parents were kind enough to give me one. I didn't. We had a guy in our class that uh, he came from a pretty wealthy family. His last name was Kennedy, coincidentally. But anyway, he, um, he, he had a brand-new vet when he got his driver's license. He had a Corvette he drove to school. Well, obviously, all the girls flocked around him, and I was pretty envious of that situation. But uh, I couldn't afford a vet. Uh, I had the old 56 uh, black and yellow Chevy sedan. Um, but it accomplished the purpose. It it provided my need. My 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 point is my parents were aware of what I really needed. They weren't going to give me what I wanted. They were going to give me what I needed. And so they did that, and it got the job done. God's the same way. He, and we need to develop a piece about that, that, you know, Lord, I'm not going to live in a fancy house necessarily. Um, you know, I'm not going to have the best job. I'm not going to have the most money. I'm not going to be the best looking um, I'm not going to be the smartest, but you know what? You have a job laid out for me, God, that, that I'm perfectly suited for. And you're going to make it possible for me to be successful in whatever it is you have asked me to do. Uh, and verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, I know the prosperity preachers will tell you that if you if you focus on God, He's going to make you rich. Well, you know that's bogus. That's not what this verse says. He's talking about the things that that we have to have to accomplish God's purpose in our life, and that's what we have to be focused on. See, we get focused on what we think our purpose is, what what it is that we think we need to accomplish, and it's not what God wants us to accomplish. We need to learn what our calling is in life, whether it's preaching, singing, teaching, being a missionary, uh, or maybe it's just being an usher or a, or a greeter at church or whatever it is, you know, whatever it is God wants you to do, you can be highly successful at it and have and, and, and be great in the kingdom of God at what you do. And that is what we need to seek first and foremost and understand that that's where we're headed. Our lives should be devoted to whatever that surface service is for God. And all the rest of the stuff, it'll come to us on an as-needed basis. Um, so we can, we can get that, you know, when, when the time comes. Um, so that's going to wrap up this section. I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll try to pick up in Matthew chapter 7 when we come back.